This is the Territory Story Podcast with Peter Gowers. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. Hello there and welcome. This is the Territory Story Podcast. My name is Peter Gowers and uh, on this episode of the podcast, it's a bit of a special one. You know we do the weekend edition, Weekends with Bolshe. Well, on this episode, we're going to talk to the editor of the NT Independent Online Newspaper, Chris Walsh, and we're also going to talk to the publisher of the NT Independent Online Newspaper, Owen Pike. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hey, Pete. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Now, we, we've been setting this up for a while, and uh, like the podcast, you guys are about to have a very special birthday, getting to that naughty toddler stage. <laughs> where we're, we're disobedient and don't listen. <laughs> We've been like that from the beginning and before, I think, for both of us. But, uh, yeah, that, no, we're, we're, we're quite excited about that. I mean, it's been, it will be, I think, on March 30th here, three years since we started the NT Independent and uh, caused some havoc for the government and by, by no other way than exposing what was happening and, you know, kind of, disrupting at least what was that cozy relationship that we saw between the established media and the government in this town. We certainly have uh, blown that a lot apart, and uh, at least on our end, uh, I'm sure they all still are friends, but uh, we've been exposing the stuff that we think Territorians need to know, and I think we've had a lot of successes over those three years doing that. I agree. Do we chalk this up to another uh, government failure, the fact that you made it to your third birthday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they tried their best early on and then it was like well i mean look they're still trying to and no one will talk to that but i mean they're still trying to 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 destroy us any chance they get i mean you got a police commissioner there who, let's not forget tried to get you know tried to get the powers federally to raid us and, and arrest us and and take our computers and put us in jail i mean that that that, that was proven that he tried to do that uh yeah you had the government here you know there's been legal threats there's been uh you know just just the kind of reputational damage that the government tried to inflict early on with the ban and what that actually meant and i know all can talk about what that meant on the financial side of things yeah. editorially i mean we've talked about that i mean i don't i'm not obligated to sit through their boring press conferences and put their garbage in sometimes um but you know yeah. we'll always try and get a response from them even if we have to take it from somewhere else but that's kind of given us more freedom to focus on the things that really are important, we think, to Territorians and, and showing that instead of playing ball with the government and doing what yeah. they want to try to curry favor there. But, you know, at the same time, that's been a benefit to us at times. It's also hindered us and, and no one can talk about what that meant for, for attracting advertisers. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think that that's it's a, it's a really interesting topic because as we've talked about, many times on on the weekend edition there's actually been a benefit for you in a way mm. by not being ingratiated with the government and going to the press conferences and taking that usual path i think there's you know as you've described there's been a a fairly decent and substantial line of people willing to tell you their stories and their side of things oh look yeah. the sources have been unbelievable like i just gotta say that like and i think that that's because we have that you know independent in our name and independent by what we've done we've shown in our nature that we're independent and people count on that they trust us more the yeah. sources have been unbelievable that we've had to be able to break the stories that we've broken because they know that they can come to us with this stuff and they're going to be protected their identity and that we can get the story out to people and do it in a way that that is honest and reflects what's actually happening instead of yeah favors being done you know with, with other media and things like that like we just our focus is that is exposing the truth uh, whatever that may end up being in the end, but, you know, getting all the facts out there, putting it together. Um, and, and I just really want to thank those sources who, who, you know, we can't ever use them for references or anything, but <laughs> we'd like to tell people that, that like, get yeah, contact another source because yeah, like we've, we've done everything. We've been able to protect every source that's come forward and we've reflected yeah. the story that's come to us because they knew that we would get it done right. And in a proper way. And we've done that every time. Mm. So yeah, that's been, that's been huge for us. Um, can I just add to that though? There is benefits to to the ban. Um, you know, we're perceived as the underdog. Um, um, th there are benefits, but there there is so much co 
that you know the benefits of what Chris is saying there that the source you know sources trust us but I reckon we could get them to do that even if the government did respond to our questions um, um, and the costs associated so the benefits the costs far outweigh the benefits um, yep. you know business it sends a direct message to it sends a direct message to business to say do not support these guys yeah. um, any any business that substantially survives off government support or government contracts just won't advertise with us um, yeah um, so the costs the costs far outweigh the benefit um, and what Chris mentioned before there too about the you know the NT police, threatening to raid us um, um, in our first first month or two as well yeah in our first month or two as well we had the NT government um, take trial send us legal letters and very aggressive legal letters over the fact that we used their the picture of their brolga um, in the sun the copyrighted picture we didn't realize it was copyrighted and it was just sitting sitting on our on our web page but they sent a very aggressive legal action to us mm. in that instance um and you know there, there's been other events you know the ban that's continued the the police attempting to raid us there's um there's other evidence of of us being surveilled if that's a word um probably can't go into that right now because a few things in front of the court but um you know there's been a lot of effort but that now where we're at um, and and the significance of how important we are was absolutely exemplified a couple of weeks for me at least was when following when Walshy broke the story about the uh, the Pollock slash Proctor report and the redacted the redacted parts of that report. Um, after that, Chris Chris wrote a um, an editorial. And the editorial was one bang on, but super aggressive um, to the point that he said that the police commissioner attempted to pervert the course of justice or did pervert the course of justice, which... which yeah, look, it looks to us like the evidence is there that, they, that he attempted to pervert the course of justice. Fortunately, the jury somehow did what was right in the end here, but we know that they we saw the facts. It. Yeah, we saw the facts there in front of us that they didn't have the evidence. They did not have the evidence to, per, to proceed on a murder charge. They then used experts that they knew were not qualified, had been manipulated to produce that evidence for them to pursue the murder charge. I mean, that is perverting, attempting to pervert the courts of justice. So here we are. We have a journalist and editor, um, one of the most renowned in the territory. You probably put Chris in a, in a group of three or four people. Um, um, and he's published an award-winning, um, come out and and say that the commissioner has perverted the course of justice, and and yet they don't take action on us. Um, that 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 has completely proven like the the significance of what we're doing, of what we're doing here now. Um, for 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 no action to come forward based on what we're doing because of what we're doing is the truth. Uh, not once have we had any of our journalism challenged from a from a truthful or a misleading perspective, uh, and and we're going from an from an editorial perspective where we're really kicking butt. Uh, it's just the commercial side with the suppression and the ban uh, that things are just so challenging. And uh, still, three years in, it it takes it takes funds from outside of the NT Independent to survive. And it's just such a shame that that we aren't even doing more because uh, because there is so much more to be done. And um, and what we do do with the with such little resources, you know, at times it's down to one journalist. It's down to Chris himself. Yeah. Uh, um, and there's part time support on top of that. Um, it, it's just so it's just so sad that we we actually aren't doing more. Like, when you actually look at what the NT Independent does and you look at what other outlets do as far as yeah. breaking stories and the things that make a difference for the territory, I, I think we're, we're up there with all the others, but we're doing it with, 
with um, a very small percentage of the resources. It's quite amazing, to be honest. Oh, well, man, I don't, yeah, I don't remember the last time I we read a broken, breaking story from someone else. <laughs> we said, like, wow, this is huge. I mean, the ABC's <laughs> got a couple, but I'll tell you that that old newspaper in town seen better days, and very rare you'll get an exclusive for anything broken there. I think the owner's got his... Uh... Eyes on other things at the moment with Fox News and its issues overseas. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Owen, when when you first set up the NT Independent, what were your expectations? Um. Oh, I, I don't know. Um. It, it, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh. The ban. Um. Um. And, and to be three years in and still have a a ban on on the credible journalists that we've got. Uh, my expectation or goal definitely was, and when I sat down with Chris initially and I pitched to him what I thought we could do, uh, the expectation or goal was to, was to employ a couple of journalists and cover the cost. Um, it's in this world, I don't think anybody would launch a a online hyper local uh, news outlet um, to make money. I've I've got a business, or my family has a business that I run that that we would invest in if it's if it's making money. This is this has been for the benefit of the Northern Territory. As much as people might disagree with my own personal views and my own um, my own political views, that I, I just think that independent journalism can and will benefit a jurisdiction and that's what I was that's what I was and still am achieving for and and the best the the best um representation or the the shrine if you like to show that I've done that is that I've got Chris Walsh there doing that and if there's anybody else that if there's anybody else in the world that is harder to manipulate or harder to get my, I've my, tried. My views across. You can't. You just can't do it. He's. It, it just can't be done. So. Yeah, and then um, that was, and that was kind of the deal at the beginning, right? When we first talked about, it, I said, "Look, okay," and I went away and thought about it and thought, "This is really what the territory needs." And knowing that from having worked in the other media in town, um, so then I went back to him and said, "Yeah, look, the only way I can do this is if I have complete editorial control, because if it looks like this is just a mouthpiece for Owen Pike, I mean." Hmm we're not going to get very far. And so there've been a lot of things that have come up that I'm like so proud of that we've shown that, that we've done this right. We've, we've not, we've not yeah, cowed to anybody and we've not pushed any agenda other than exposing the corruption, the incompetence, everything that continues to plague the Northern territory and bring it down, everything that erodes the, the confidence of territorians you know, we hate to see that, but we need to expose that. We need to get them so that it gets fixed and that the confidence is restored to territories. And that was like from the beginning, we said that and we thought, okay, how can we do this? I need to have the editorial control on agreed to that. Um, here we are. We can back up for the last three years. We got examples to show of just mm. you know, how everything's worked here and how we've done this all above board. We've been open. You know, we had, remember that on the news guard that, that I don't know what happened to their report, but there was an independent uh, body that came and they they reviewed different news sites and uh, had a conversation, uh, answered some questions. She seemed pretty impressed with how objective our reporting had been. Um, and, and that was later used in evidence with the ICAC. <laughs> with the well, yeah, well, who knows what's going on there? Remember but, that fateful conversation they recorded when they didn't tell the person. Yeah, yeah, uh, doesn't worry us. But uh, yeah, so. But, you know, it was just good. Like, we kind of got their tick. Like, they didn't raise any issues. And this yeah. is an international body that looked at the quality of the journalism and said, this is good. Um, and then you look at all the anti-media awards that we've won here just in the short time we've been around, and we're very proud of that. But all of it goes back to that idea, let's do this for Territorians, and let's just do it where, you know, the name says it all. Go back to that. It's independent. Like, yeah, it's not, yeah. this isn't Owen Pike pushing, and you can tell. Like, there's stuff that Owen doesn't like in there. There's... Um, yeah. You know, there's, it, it, there's plenty in there's yeah. plenty in what Chris writes that I don't agree with. But there's one thing that I know about news, and I watch the ABC news every night. A lot of people are surprised at that, but I think it's important important when you read or or absorb any sort of news that you need to get both sides of things. And um, 
you know, I watch the I watch the ABC news every night, maybe because I like the feeling of being pissed off. But um, <laughs> uh, um, you, you've got to get both sides, and and just to add to you know the expectations of what what was going to happen when it first started, um, I definitely thought that I would have got the businesses or businesses behind us more. We definitely have business, some business supporting us, um, but most of the support has come from the individuals. Um, yep. Now, I, I know there's 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 business and individuals who are completely on the gravy train of, of what the Northern Territory can provide, and, and they yep. were never somebody that I would have been targeting as support. And um, I'm not saying that all those individuals or businesses who don't support us aren't aren't those people on the gravy train, but I can tell you all of the people on the gravy train don't support us. Uh, right. But, but yeah, I, 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 I think I thought that the, the small mum and dad businesses and the medium businesses that wanted a more fair and transparent Northern Territory would have, would have jumped on more. Um, yep. um, but, yeah, it, it's really a, a waiting volume from the, the $15 supporters for our subscription every month is the is the bread and butter of of the NT Independent. So let's address a couple of things. Um, let, let's start with the the support side of things because I know that um, you know <laughs> having recently looked at this model myself. Um, tell us about who you can uh, mention that does support you and and you know where that support comes from. Oh, uh, I. No, I don't think I'd name any of those supporters. Uh, just just that demographic of who actually yep. does. Um, uh, you know, for instance, and and one of, and I've got to make sure I mention no names here at all because, <laughs> but when you think of the the power, and the money in the Northern Territory, and there might be twenty names that you think of those, you know, those business people who have made it good and have made it big. Mm. Um, there's one of them that has come forward and 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 kicked in about five hundred bucks a month. Actually, um, okay. No matter how much I offer advertising or anything, they don't want to yeah. take it. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> one of and now now that that would be that would probably be one of the last people that the general public think it is. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah. So th there's one in that demographic. Uh, um, there, there's a couple of uh, uh, multinational business or national business businesses that just see value in what we're doing, and um, but and then there are a lot of there are a lot of there, there are some smaller businesses and passionate local business people, um, and but most of the support is is the the um, the individuals that that pay for a minor subscription. So yeah. we are we are going to launch a business subscription in the coming weeks where a business can there's obviously benefit from everybody the te the territory benefits when more news is absorbed so a business can buy um, five or ten subscriptions and give those subscriptions out to their out to their employees or um, or others that they see fit yeah and uh, that'll be further discounted so we'll launch that in the in the coming weeks as well and hopefully some businesses will get on it yeah um, um yeah and owen can you tell us um any of the sort of speed bumps along the way that people that maybe read the nt independent or even if they don't but would be listening to this who just have no idea the sort of things that you and the the actual paper have gone through to get to where you are today uh so those that don't read it, obviously, they're not going to know about it at all. <laughs> um, and that, that there's always the people in the general public that that just aren't interested in news, and that and that's one of the the benefits of such a privileged society we have <laughs> that that they don't they don't, they don't have need to, to know. Yeah, they don't have to care for the democracy that we've got when it's already been fought and won for, um, yeah. and, and often don't know when it's being challenged. Uh, there's as far as the day-to-day -day challenges that you know said it all before that you know no business will 
very few businesses will advertise with us and have their brand attached to us when they know the political fallout that's associated with it. Um, um, the legal pursuit from others, you know, that when we first got legal letters, Chris can confirm my uh, my initial reactions of me <laughs> thinking that the world was going to fall apart. But now that it's happened, now that it's happened ten or twenty times, and it's probably more more because Chris hides them now. But um, um, I was surprised. I was surprised we didn't get them in the last couple of weeks over the uh, over the editorial with with um, to do with the Pollock slash Proctor redactions, and, and even the fact that that was that. That that is a issue that's in front of the coronial as well now. So I thought there might even be uh there might even be letters from them as well. But but yeah, the the, <laughs> no. the, the legal letters have been a challenge. Uh, I'm stuck in my family's business as well. Like that's I've got to keep that that running. That this is a um this is a sideline gig for me, although very very important. Takes up a lot of my time before six a.m. when my workshop turns on and after hours and and things like that but um um j just the fact of of keeping it running and and keeping it going has been such a such a big challenge as well and look as you both know you know we're we're very happy to have chris on the the weekend edition and the whole weekends with walshy thing has been you know fantastic for the podcast because there seems to be a a thirst and an appetite for things to be delivered in that way as well. Sure, people want to read the written word, but we probably have a bit of a laugh. Chris probably gets to use his personality a bit more, although there is a fair bit of personality in, in a lot of the articles that he writes, in right. fairness. <laughs> but one of the comments that I do get, you know, semi-regularly is in relation to the fact that, well, it's it's also negative about the government, so, you know, it, it's because it's coming from the CLP perspective. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I'd love you to address that because, I mean, we, I know the reality, but a lot of the listeners don't seem to. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just look. I don't I think we've talked about it. No one can say what, what he wants on it because they seem to all think that Owen's a card carrying member of the CLP and <laughs> he bought this thing and then he, he bought me off and my integrity and I came in and I'm pro CLP and I, I'm anti labor. And it, it's like, it's so similar now that I think about that to, um, you know, when me and Ben Smee were at the NT News and we were taken down and reporting all this stuff about that just disastrous Giles uh, CLP dysfunctional government from 2012 to 2016, uh, I remember him saying to me, it's like these these people think that, you know, the, the CLP saying that we're so anti-conservative that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that like, you know, his, his, yeah. And it just didn't even make sense at the time, right? Because it was a Murdoch newspaper and they couldn't understand but it was just that's how these things happen there was no there was no agenda well like you know like i said like my agenda when i got here to darwin in like what early 2014 was like, i was gonna sit by the pool sipping <laughs> drinks and write like some stuff that i put off that i wanted to write about and then i like i quickly got caught up in like the corruption of this place and a terrible government which at that time happened to be clp i don't think it matters what political allegiance they are i'm pretty sure at this point any government that comes in here will be corrupt it's just the nature of the place it's like the public service is set up to to foster that and uh you know the, the place is just so broken sometimes but yeah, so any idea that, you know, and then we, but we did, we, we wrote so much and I think, you know, there's some former treasurer stomping around drunk at night, still yelling about how I took down his government and something <laughs> and he's a CLP guy. So, you know, it wasn't that, it's not that I'm, I'm a journalist. Like, uh, you know, I tried to get out of voting for saying and federally, like, look, I cover this stuff. I don't think I should be yeah. voting. And they still got mad at me. So I paid them for not <laughs> voting. Right. So you know, because I, I just think, like, I know the behind-the-scenes stuff. I know what's going on there, but it, 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 I'm not—I'm not a supporter of either political party, any political party for that matter, any political movement for that matter. I'm—I'm I'm for like cleaning the place up and exposing corruption, exposing what's going on. That's well, I didn't, I, I didn't know that. Did you? Did you get fined for not voting? Yeah, yeah, and I wrote back to them and I said, "Look, I'm a journalist, and we're, we're going to double it for arguing, Chris." Yeah, and then they they came back and said they didn't buy that, and I was like, "Well, I'd like to appeal this because I've actually explained this in detail." 
Uh, and I think it's a pretty good argument. So then my wife got all on me. What they so say, just, we're the electoral commission. There is no appealing it. Yeah. So I sent them 35 bucks and everyone went <laughs> their own way. But uh, you know what I mean though? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't have any, I don't hold any political allegiances. I just want what's best for the Northern territory. And, you know, like I said, like I, I, I didn't know what I was getting into when I first moved here, but it was like, and I think Mill said that when he came back, and pissed off Giles, but he said, like, you feel obligated sometimes is to render assistance as if you've come across a car crash. And and that's where this place <laughs> is right now. And that line's pretty good. And then sums up, like, I've just tried to explain stuff and make it better and try and fix it. And and so, yeah, there is, I just guarantee I can't write a book that, like, about how bad a CLP government is and then turn around and be promoting the CLP. And I, I've never done that. I've never favored one party over the other because like and i said this is reminding me these days of the dying days of that child's government with files in here and how bad she's she's taken over from what gunner's trajectory was which was lie 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 cover up don't tell the truth they'll go for yourself screw all territorians it's about our own self-interest like this is just it's going really bad and, it, and it's not political like i like i said i always say this now every week too right like what is the labor party right now in the northern territory you can't call that a labor party that they have no mm -hmm. labor values left this is a group of individuals of disturbed individuals we see who cover up for pedophiles Circle of trust yeah who lie about these uh their candidates and cover up for their candidates and stuff like Anyway, look, but it, it's not a political thing anymore. It's become, it's just become this group of people who are who are tearing this place down, and we we want to fix it. We want we want the institutions to be brought back to the way that they were, where people at least had faith and confidence, and that's all you can ask for. A government's expected to look after the public, yeah. and and can conduct business in a proper way, and it's not happening. If we can expose this, we do our part to to help fix it because it does have to get fixed. So it is it doesn't come down to political allegiances at all. So, yeah, j just to add to that from my perspective, there's, there's, um, if you go back that three years, there's, it, there is no way that, that if this was a CLP rag, that I'd employ Chris Walsh to, uh, <laughs> um, Chris Walsh to support it. That, yeah. Um, some of them still have a hard time speaking to me from what happened. Over and, those and, years and, and Peter, make no doubt that. If Labor lose the next election, which I don't think they will, but if they lose the next election and they are in opposition, they will be our biggest friends. <laughs> uh, at, no at that point, they will flip because we will be about holding the government accountable, whether that's CLP or not. And yeah, until that until that happens, we won't be able to absolutely prove that. And we want to be around to absolutely prove that. But, but it, it's my personal view that that the CLP brand is that damaged that the the conservative, the uh, the conservatives and and pro business fraternity of the Northern Territory need something else to represent it. That no matter how bad this Labor Party is, that that they that the public can't find a way to fall back and support the opposition. Um, the, yeah. the CLP the CLP themselves won't admit this. Um, um, and I use the this is a terrible euphemism, but but if Rolf Harris today wrote the <laughs> biggest and best song in the history of the world, nobody will listen to it because nah. his damage his brand is damaged. Yep, that's now that's true. what happened when a brand is damaged, it's gone, it's done. You need somebody else to sing that song. Now now that's that that is where the 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 CLP have to realize they're hanging on to the 1980s and the 1990s at best mm. um the world has changed the world has moved you look at their membership base they're a they're a white old people society um yep. they don't represent all of all all or many demo demographics that make up the northern territory population i know i'm going to piss so many people off saying this <laughs> but it's a reality that they need but i went to their annual dinner i can tell you firsthand and you know i make i make no bones about saying that it, I, i've never been in a room in recent times there's so many white people in it and, that, and that's saying something that you wasn't know, the meeting the meeting where they said let's put on masks and go around bashing <laughs> People, <laughs> remember we broke that story. Certainly, <laughs> certainly not when I was there, Chris. But maybe after I left. <laughs> that did uh, happen. Crazy. Yeah, I, no, there's not. 
it was weird how aware of that I was. Mm. I just thought, wow, no wonder you guys won't. You didn't win and you got no chance of winning while this is your representative of who you are. And and from where they where they sit now, the the uh, and I, I don't want to dig into the the details and the failure of what is the opposition right now, but um, um, the, there's the, there is no way that the NT Independent is a supporter of the CLP. I've never been a member of the CLP. Um, um, it's it's uh, it's just not the case. And like I said before, until that until well hopefully that they're in government and we can we can hold them to the the account that they need to be and we're up, we'll be able to show that mm. and at that point labor will be our best friends again mm. all right well, so you know friends not... friends again so our, our best friends but... well again though because like i dealt with them right like that was the whole thing like i was just talking about how this reminds me of the dying days and somebody was saying that the other day of this child's yeah. CLP government the difference there this person said was there was a viable opposition and therefore a viable alternative government. And we're not yes. really seeing that in the year and a bit half out now from the next election where, where CLP should be stepping it up. Um, yep. That just doesn't seem to be happening. And I, I think back to those days, like what Labour was doing good back then was they were out every day just hammering on. They showed that they had a vision for what they wanted the territory to do. They were bashing the CLP about how chaotic and dysfunctional. Like, remember, like I've been trying to get, I've been sending them questions. The CLP, like, okay, so what about this the dysfunctional scandal play government today? They never say that. They never even call them a scandal play government. <laughs> we like, didn't realize. So many scandals. Start calling them what they are, scandal play government, yeah, because yeah. what happens to scandal play governments? They go away. People <laughs> don't vote for them anymore. That's mm. what's happened here. This 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 government is out of control. Files had a, a clean slate to come in on. She instead chose to do exactly what Gunner was doing and follow that train. And it's to the detriment of every territorian. And I even wonder now, if we look back at the um the ban. Like, how did she just continue that ban blindly? Like I texted her personally and said, Natasha, congrats on the new role. Um, I'd like to talk to you about this silly ongoing ban. Uh, we want to work with you in the best interest of all Territorians moving forward. That was what my text message said to her. Yeah. And, I, and I hadn't seen, and then I had seen on there that the last time she had texted me was in December 2016. So after they had won and we were on the week that was together. Yeah. And uh, she had texted me like a photo of that. Oh, look, Chris, here we are having fun times on Katie's show. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And now, you know, they'll see me and they'll say, and like Madison, oh, hey, well, she is if we're like, yeah, this is yeah. there is a bit of an issue here. You know, you guys banned me from attending press conferences for my ability to do my job properly. Um, they've they've hampered the NT independent. They've affected our advertising um, and our revenue uh, by this yeah. silly ban that they can't even explain anymore. To say, oh, it's a hate page. Well, what? Show us on the NT independent what the hate page is. You know, that was the catch all that they brought out at first because of Owen and Gummond. And um, and we kept saying, no, it's, it's, this is different. This isn't government. This is what Owen does. And even Media Watch yeah. went on and pointed out how silly that was and how separate it was. Oh, well, the owner of the NT Independent has this other Facebook thing where he makes fun, where he pokes fun very juvenilely. We, we talked about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, it was I, comical. I, it was comical genius, Chris. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm not going to make any comment on that. So, but yeah, but now like they've just they've continued this ban, and you can't even say that after we've won best news coverage two years in a row. We was won best crime court reporting last year. <laughs> like you can't you can't just say that we're not respectable news outlet because we more than hell are for the, the little bit of resources we have we're really punching above our weight there with this stuff and winning these awards. we beat, mm. we beat the abc and the australian for best news coverage <laughs> like last november it's it's uh, there's a time and then i just when i got up and i said you know how many more of these do we have to win before we're invited to a press conference around here yeah and and you know as much as i don't like it some days like i think that it's a benefit i there's still some days I want to ask some questions because we're not getting those questions asked sometimes, yeah. the leaders. And I could do this in a respectful way. And Kate Warden's had me in on a couple of things here in the world. Yeah. And for her, I asked some reasonable questions in a reasonable tone as I would because they all knew me back then when 
when they were in opposition and I was at the NT News writing critical stories of the CLP. And so that's my point here. And now, now. But, but you've, got to, you've got to understand their motivation for. Oh, we know now. Yeah. Like, it, it, like, it's definitely we, not you. It's. We're, we're, it's, like, no, we're no, exposing no. everything. <laughs> we're blowing this up. We are exposing Chris, everything they're doing. That's my point. This is one of the very few times in my life where the drama's not my fault. It's all you, mate. <laughs> um, and and they they want the the things that you're exposing is what they want gone. And 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 just imagine if we weren't around to do what we do. Uh, there, there's one other case that that that's that's exemplified that for me in the in the last few months. But when Kent Rowe was sentenced, Judge Grant said along the word along the line of um it was being named in media report or you being named in media reports which empowered the victim to come forward yeah now now we were the ones that named kent in that media report now now under the the establishment of the of the northern territory media where you don't you, you, you nudge the government as much as you're allowed to, but then don't go past the point where it's going to cost you. Yeah. That the, the chief minister's senior advisor um, and trusted friend was somebody that just was not going to be named. Now, if we don't do that, who was going to do it? And it was that event that empowered the victim to come forward. And, and, and the victim clearly showed mass amounts of courage to come forward with that. And, and I, don't yeah. take, I don't want to take credit for... For her going forward, but we were definitely a part of, of of what empowered her uh, to come forward. And 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 today, if we hadn't have done that, we would still have a pedophile being a senior advisor to a chief minister. Now, now that is the reason. Mm. That is the reason that they don't want the anti-independent to exist, and that is the reason why readers um, and, and the general public need to support us and independent journalism because because without it all we have in the territory here is a a a a biased and a government aligned media fraternity that um that like i said will only will nudge the government up to a certain point mm. up to a certain line do not cross it because they know the rules yeah that's absolutely true. And that whole thing with Kent Rowe, I mean, they were saying, the anti-news was reporting at the time, oh, we can't name him for legal reasons. There was no there was no legal reason. That was his mix-up right. with the cocaine sex scandal. We can't name him as being the staffer involved in that. No, there was nothing. There was nothing and, legally prohibited. And that, and that cocaine sex scandal, the, the reporting, we definitely took the lead in the reporting through that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as we have on every major story for the past three years, you know, either if, if even if someone else maybe breaks it, we own it. We find a new angle. We talk to people. We figure out new ways of of showing how this is actually happening, and that I'm mm -hmm. I'm proud of that we've been able to do that. So we're going to keep keep doing it. I feel there's a degree of irony in that too, and we we talked about this the other day, Chris. But you know, one of the villains in that uh, cocaine sex scandal may actually be. The strongest leader that the government's, or produced the strongest leader that the current mm. government has got within their ranks, and yet he's on the outer with them too. Yeah, well, yeah, and you're talking about Mark Turner. That's going to be interesting here because he has kind of, uh, you know, there's a couple of things like we 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 just ran some on Facebook today about Bell and Mac Holmes. That's in his electorate. He was pretty big with some explosive allegations he made in Parliament under privilege uh, a couple of weeks back, a few weeks back now. And, of course, the police issue with police. And he knows that, that there's some stuff going on there. So, yeah, that, that's going to get interesting. And I, I kind of referenced that about, I think, when I was going on a rant with you the other night about how when these backbenchers get chosen for Labour, they're not expected to do anything. They're expected to shut the damn mouths and vote along party yeah. lines and files and gunner and mano will tell them what to do and they will damn well do it and they'll get paid handsomely but all at the expense of actually achieving things for their electorates their constituents or territorians as a whole and i think a guy like turner now has seen that um and that's all going to get interesting you know and then like we did that story about files saying he can't be trusted but wouldn't explain why when she's the one who cleared him in parliament yeah. you know we still have no yeah. explanation on that she wrote a report signed her name saying this guy's done nothing wrong 
Yeah. And then goes on radio and says, no, he can't be trusted. We don't trust this guy. (laughs) What the hell Hell, is going on? Hell have no fury like a Labor MLA rejected. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, we'll see what comes of that. But yeah, you know, look, this is what happens in politics and reporting and everything. You write the story, it goes one way and then other things come up years down the road and it takes a different turn. And Man, that's just the, the craziness that is DNT, which is is what has kept me here this long, right? It's that like there's no other place in the world. It's hard like to this. believe, isn't it? At times? It's just so crazy, but it's so good for a writer and a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> so Pete, I'm here. Pete, a couple mm. of months ago, a couple of months ago, we were uh, given some very funny insight into the extreme lengths that at least the police executive will go to not be not be acknowledged to reading our our um newspaper we uh we got a um or i got a i got information that the police executive had directed their internal lawyer to set up a gmail account with the nt independent or a a subscription to her gmail account and um and then when she got the all the articles she was to distribute it out to the brass um fortunately her that was leaked to us straight away the day in which she did it um (laughs) the day in which she did it what her name was um i went straight onto our system and saw the fact that she had downloaded that uh, or had set up a subscription that was going to her gmail account um i sent it i couldn't help myself i sent her an email and said oh congratulations you've won our you've won our monthly award can i can i send can i send your can i send you a merchandise win pack to your to your workplace or home <laughs> furthermore we'd like to celebrate this on social media can can you let me know by the end of the week if that's okay um knowing i wouldn't get a response but then straight away i see on the system there's a flag that come up she went on the system and changed the password to her um to her account um, okay and uh that's all I, she changed yeah yeah well we don't have access yeah, to the passwords it, passwords anyway but yeah so it'll be great to foi um the nt police receiving emails like what emails were received from that individual's account but i mean it's just a bit funny but you know the nt you know the the executive are going to that extreme length setting up setting up one user um to be emailed our stories it's quite comical now that i've brought it up and and it's out i think i'll do the right thing and and um, send a send a free subscription to all the executive, you know. Well, I was going to ask you the question, right? So if if they've signed up under one email address, and they're distributing the information, or sharing the logins, that uh, yeah, maybe a breach of right? the terms of service, eh? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you would, right yeah, you would, yeah, yeah. Let's take them to court. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not suggesting we, uh, you know take them to the big house but it's just interesting well like you say it's well it's the extreme terms it's, go it's to. just an, another example of something that shows what we've got here in the northern territory yeah. and, what, and what what we're trying to fix yeah like yeah. it's a, it's essential reading for everybody as much as they might not like us and not want to admit they know yeah. that they have to read it those who are making the decisions those who are in power those who who enforce the law like this the executive they're um they're all reading the anti-independent because mm. we're the ones breaking the stuff and we're the ones exposing what's actually happening here. And they need yeah. to know what the public's reading, what the public's seeing as well. There's absolutely no doubt based on the analytics of the podcast downloads that we can see when you got busier news weeks, there's a lot more downloads or listens to the podcast. So, you know, it's a direct correlation between what you're saying and, and what we see as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. And look, we, we try and do that. Like, like Owen said, we have limited resources. We can't, like, I wish we had enough. I could send a reporter down to the court to call, cover calling Gwen every day. Like, I really think that that's an important trial that's going on. Yeah. Now, fortunately, we don't have the resources for that. So we have to find other ways to do it. And we will. There are ways to do it. And we'll get the most important stuff out there to people and make those connections so people understand what's going on. Um and that's just, yeah, that's just been kind of one of the challenges from my perspective editorially, getting back to that question about the bumps and stuff that have come yeah. along. And, um, you know, I think we all had hoped. We just did not see that um, that ban and what it would mean. Like, yeah, okay, the government doesn't want us at their 
press conferences, screw them, who cares? But then to know that that affected other people that deeply, that, that just didn't want to participate or be a part of it because of that, we, we weren't expecting that. Um, and now we know, like I said, we just get back to that idea that that, that whole ban was just ill-conceived and illegal from the beginning and only done to limit territorial knowledge of what's going yeah. on, of what their government's that's, hiding from them. That's what it was about. That's a, that, that's probably to limit their knowledge. And, and that's one of the things that I consistently say, like how, how, do, how does the public go to an election and, and vote for a party when they don't know all the problems or, or what is hidden in the corners of a society. Um, and, and that's what we, you can never point out anything and it can never expose everything, but, we'll, but we can do our best. And I'm very confident that the people in the Northern Territory are going to elections with blinkers on, if not blindfolds yeah. on. Um, they, they do not know what's hidden. They do not know what's hidden. Um, and, and, that, and that's why they don't, they don't want us here to do what we are doing. Um, it's as simple do, as that. Do you think that includes the northern suburbs block that seem to vote the one way the whole time? Do you think they know or they don't care? Uh, I, think, I think that's going to change here. I think, well, I mean, look, you're, you're still looking at, I don't know what gets through to these people and how bad it has to be. I mean, when they're defending pedophiles and writing reference letters to pedophiles, trying to get them lighter sentences because of all the good work they did for the party. I don't know how much lower you go or what point that that really starts offending the labor core voters who vote them in, because that to me is disgusting, but yeah, it's happened. And I, I don't they, know how that's while being, play. while they're being paid, their voting's not going to change. Yeah. Well, right. They're um, public servants they're, in there. They're, they're no, in not, there. not just public servants. I mean, there's so many businesses that have now evolved yeah. into, into, into just, they just provide government services, but there's an individual at the top that gets to make it make a bit of cream out of it. Yeah, um, um, and, yeah. and they're they're completely, um, completely reliant on them. There's, 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 there, regardless of what happens, they, there is always going to be that vote, and we we have to accept that that the Northern Territory with the public service demographic, their partners, um. The and the business that relies on government, we we are a labour or a, at least a socialist socialist. We, we're going to be a socialist state in 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 any steady state. Um, the the CLP or the the opposition conservatives might get in once off for four years every twenty, <laughs> um, but it won't matter. But but the voting demographic, the voting demographic. Um, the product that they are buying is socialism. Um, well, and we, we saw that last time, right before the last election, COVID had come along. They pulled out $325 million worth of spending, which meant everybody went to the polls with cash in their pockets. As much as people were confused and disoriented, what, what does this pandemic actually mean? Well, here's a bunch of money Labor's just given us. Every business in town, just about. Not everyone. I know all one says MMC didn't, but a lot of people lined up with their hands out, got a bunch of money for the auditor general, which she found was nothing. They didn't actually follow, do what they were supposed to do, but it was just right before an election, they had the purse strings, their hands on it. They could reach in, get as much money as they wanted out and give it to everybody. We've got that list of all the businesses that got yeah. those grants. And sometimes there's the same business owner that has five or six businesses accessing the grants individually in all of those names. And that was just for the small business survival fund. And then there was those, more money. Names, those, those names, those names. No, I stole them off Chris's desk, which I'm not allowed to do. Um, those, it's names all aren't, yeah. those names aren't small businesses, Chris. No, no, I know they split them up. They split up their different Look, things. We're yeah. going to run that. We're still going to run that out here. and everyone yeah, will see, but, but yeah. only our subscribers will get it. So I encourage you to, to subscribe. Yeah. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so I guess I've got to ask the, the question that uh, must be on the tip of everyone's tongues. So what you're telling me is that you're, you're not stooges for the Labor Party. Uh, you're not stooges for the CLP. So true, truth or false, Owen? Raj is bankrolling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 100% true. 
<laughs> and he thinks that those stories that David Wood wrote about him are nice and positive stories. So we don't have the heart to tell them. Now they're pretty critical, Raj. Uh, did he? Did he nominate for the Tiwi by-election? <laughs> no, no, no. Got uh, it. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, he, he, he's actually conceded that he's not local to that market. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that question. I thought you were going to get us to say we're our own stooges or something. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I just, I just thought of poor old Raj must be sitting there thinking, "What about me? What about me?" Um, what I would like to address though is, Owen, we, we had you on a couple of years ago, Leon and I, and you actually said something that stayed with me since then. Um, in regards to our politicians and the sort of quality of the people that have been attracted to run for parliament in the NT, and the comment you said was something along the lines of, you know, really, we want people who should be stepping down to go into these roles, not people who should be stepping up. Mm-hmm. And every time I, you know, read a story or I hear about the chief minister or the treasurer or the attorney general or whatever. And I think to myself, you know, PE teacher, school teacher, school teacher, school teacher, you know, public servant. And I just constantly question whether these people have got the experience to be in the roles that they're in. And I know Leah is obviously a a, a former lawyer, but I just see so much of the same old, same old amongst the ones that are there. And we've seen in recent times the Labor Party keeps putting in staffers to sort of parachute into these by-elections. You know, when are we going to get some people that Territorians can look up to? Yeah, I, I, and but I, I don't think that we should be critical of those positions, like a a school teacher. We need not we a, need not school, at all, or, or, but we need or a, mix. a principal or a principal. Um, you know, a school teacher or a principal or or somebody from marketing or um, you, know, you said lawyer, uh, Lee is a lawyer. I know there's police officers as well. And there's we, we need that entire demographic. But the one thing that we do need in all of those roles is good people. Now, when when you sit there and look at it and 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 w- w- the, the Northern Territory, at what point do we admit that that our system cannot create a good parliament because, because the public service is paid that well. Nobody nobody wants to go from the public service and risk the, those gigs to go into, go into politics. Um, business, very few people want to go from business into politics unless somebody is already set up in their life and, and feels passionate enough to go and do this. That they go and do it. That that's the only time that we seem to be able to get somebody credible, um, because to to throw a blanket over anybody and everybody in the twenty five seats, I'm sorry, I, I just don't think there's anybody there that 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 you would you would choose um, if you had to choose if you had the whole population to choose from. Um, I, I I say to people quite often that you could. You could go to the Buff Club on a Friday night or the Palmerston Golf Club on a Friday night and you could go around and 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 create a better government or a better parliament than what we've got. Um, mm. and because the, the political parties, the political parties just are not generating those quality people coming through. Um, exactly. you, 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 you said before, Peter, you were at the uh, you were at a CLP, you were at a CLP function late last year, was it? Um, uh, yeah, last year. Yep. You know, are those people there that are going to give us viable options in two years' time? Is it two years' time or one and a half years' time? Where are we? One at? and a half. One and a half like, years. Like, yeah, I, I don't. At, at some, yeah. and, and we can't. You know, do we do we blame those political parties that they can't do it? Um, I don't think so. At some point, I think the Northern Territory has to accept that that. The structure that we have, we can't we can't create a transparent and good public service, and we can't create a a a good government, a good parliament. It's coming, it's coming down all around them right now. Anyway, you're right. I mean, and what the parties attract? What do the parties stand for? 
anymore. I mean, we've, we've mm -hmm. talked about labor and explored that. I mean, they're doing horrendous things. The candidates, they're picking and backing. Well, um, to, to me, labor and labor's born of the, the, the left and the unions. To me, that, to me that's what, it's, it's a blue collar party. And the amount of those left un, union yeah. um, members and, and blokes that I speak to, like they, they actually come and speak to us now. They're actually, yeah. they're actually engaging us. And I've, be, I've become mates with rampant lefty unionists it's, um, <laughs> um, because we share, we share the same thing. And that, and that's one thing is it's passionate for the territory that, yeah. that, we we all want we all want the same thing a good territory. It's just that I think there's a different way to go about it than what they do. But but the one thing that we can share is is passion for the territory and and um, yeah. th those those left unionists are just that jaded with what the Labor Party represents today and 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 like Chris said, what what does it represent? Because I don't know either. Yeah, and and look, and I'll just say this about the candidates. And you talk about this. I don't. I think we can all agree on one. I wouldn't call it a profession. I would call it a, a job, an occupation that, that is just despicable. But somehow in the last three by-elections that we had, and now if, if, if Labour wins Arafura with the guy who doesn't know how to drive around here, the guy who was convicted for, for, for killing a woman in his car, um, that would mean that three political staffers, advisors, have been from labor, have been put into parliament in just the past year and a half. That to me, that that is one job where that is pretty low to be a political staffer like these three losers. And and we just we like, yeah. Anyway, the whole Brent Potter thing was ridiculous how they they scrubbed his his LinkedIn page and everything because they didn't want to show the business connections and his questionable involvement and in things there. But he was he was uh, Files' chief of staff's brother-in-law, right? Like he had a staffer and an advisor there. And then you had D. Ran Young, the guy Odin Daly there, who threatened to punch out Josh Burgoyne outside Parliament House. And they said, You don't represent you don't reflect our values with that kind of talk. Six months later, they pre-selected him and he won. And he's in <laughs> Parliament now. And now you got this guy, Manuel Brown, Odin Arafura, who was who was some sort of staffer for um Lawrence Costa. So this is like the best the Labour Party can do. We're pick, picking these people. But look, the CLP haven't had much luck either. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time they had somebody. And they got to start naming their candidates pretty soon here too and get ready. But that's the irony of it, Chris, too. Like, yeah. This is what this is what Labour's coughing up to the public and the public still can't find a reason to vote for the opposition. <laughs> um, that, that, has to, that has to be questioned as well. Um, and... And if I was a uh, CLP stooge, I don't think I'd be sitting here questioning it. Mm. Well, you only had to look at the uh, five-point plan flyer that the CLP distributed for the Fannie Bay by-election to realise how many how many points did the five-point plan have? <laughs> <laughs> Three. <laughs> this is uh, a this is a party that's completely out of I've, ideas. I've that's what that flyer this, told you. I've come on this to try and get some more subscribers. I reckon I've put a line through a hundred of them already. <laughs> well, the thing is that, uh, yeah, I guess not that I wanted you to assassinate the CLP, but <laughs> as we said the other week, Chris, at the moment, their their party is impotent and they're not providing an alternative government. They're no. and that's. And sometimes I got to be reminded of that to get back on track here. But, and I think, look, like, you know, and Owen, when we first talked about this, and I think we used it in a lot of our early materials, we want to be that center of community debate. We want people to be writing opinion pieces, letters to the editor. Of course, like we've gotten some amazing opinion pieces, as you know, from people with a lot of knowledge in that particular field that they're in and they write about. But the letters yeah. to the editor are just as important. We've run some really good ones with Jerry Wood, but we'd encourage everybody to start really having that discussion about where the Northern Territory needs to go because we think that that's a, a major function of the newspaper of the NT Independent to facilitate that and to have that political discussion because a lot of times we're not getting that with these political parties. And what do we all want to see? What do we demand of these political parties? And, you know, that's something a year and a half out from the election that we've all got to start considering and really talking about. And so we'll, we'll be happy to lead that. But that discussion. goes back to, that goes back to the suppression as well, Chris. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's community leaders that 
that and that I speak to and often speak to, they say, oh, yeah, I'd love to write an opinion piece or, or something for you. But the cost of doing that in your in in the NT Independent is just too high. Mm. Um, that that we that that there's even those people that want to contribute through through independent media that also feel suppressed because of the government ban. And and this is probably a, a good time to to bring up the fact that um, we've we've had a a group of legal people, um, a lawyer and a local barrister and a non-local barrister actually come out and offer to represent us pro bono and sue the NT government for the ban. The only the only wow. reason that the only reason that we haven't gone forward with that is because we'd be exposed to costs. Right. Um, um, and 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 the, and time. So it's cost and time um, that that we don't have. Like the, our job is to to write the stories that others won't, and write the stories as we see them. And doing something like that would just take so much time. Um, but but when those when those people reach out and do that, and and, and Chris knows, like we we don't have a lawyer on payroll to do our to mm-hmm. vet our stories. You know, we've got three or four lawyers that we can lean on, and they yeah. do it for us for free. Now, now you know you're doing something good, um, and and the the reputation of these people that do that, and the reputation in the NT community from all from all politics, yeah. all political stripes here, yeah, yeah, the, the ones that do that, um, you, you know, you're doing the right thing when people like these people are reaching out and doing it for us. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm. They want they want to represent a podcast at all? Do you know? You, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, point taken. Yeah. I don't think I don't think anything tonight we've said's going to get you no, in trouble, no. Peter. No, no, not at all. So, what do the next three years look like, fellas? Well, what are the next? Yeah, few months going to look like? Uh, I think we really do need to get think, the, those people. Think big, supporting. Chris. Think beyond the next few months. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, Peter, I've got to say, like it is. It is. Yeah, it's 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 three months. We're 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 um, Week by week, month by month, we uh, there's only so much that I can kick in. We really, really need some public support to do um, public and business support uh, to to do to to keep surviving. Um, well, I've said before that the NT Independent will exist in some form or another. That there's too much too much of a a brand and existence associated with it, regardless. Um, um, but yeah, we, we we need more support to keep. To keep going, and um, hopefully, business and and people in the community can get on board for such a small amount to to um, create such a better and transparent territory that we all need and deserve. So, what do you want? What do you need from uh, listeners? We need um, listeners to subscribe for fifteen bucks a month. We need businesses to advertise if they can, if not buy a business subscription and and share those subscriptions. Um, they're they're going to be, you know, it, it'll be the equivalent of $10 per reader per month, you know, and then, but five or 10 readers. So that, that's the type of thing that we need. Um, um, it, it's a, it, it's, it's um, a numbers game. Yep. Um, you know, we've got very few resources. We've got costs. We've got costs down low. The m- me and my family are supporting it heavily for the benefit of the Northern Territory, and um, I just hate—I would hate to think what would happen without it. Yeah, um, fair enough. And and if the NT Independent fails, and people might not agree with what and how we've gone about things, but but what does it say to the next the next person that tries? Mm, true. What about because, you, Chris? Because it says don't try. Yeah. No, look, I think, look, Owen knows the financial kind of part of this here. And I and I just, like, I know what, what the Pike family's put into it. And uh, I know how committed they are to seeing this place be better. And that's what we're all working towards. And I think we've just spent the last hour or so really kind of highlighting all those things. If anyone had any doubts um, of really what our purpose and focus is, and it is to improve the Northern Territory. We know we're in a place here that has been allowed to to get to this point 
we still believe in the power of journalism to to fix that to, to you know you expose it you educate everybody they can read it they can google it um uh, and 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 just understand exactly what's going on in their community and across the territory. Uh, and and we think with that knowledge that they make the right decisions. And I mean, we're just we're always going to have issues here in the Northern Territory. We know that. But uh, if we could start cleaning stuff up, that's what I want to yeah. see. And I mean, look, I've been doing this now for nearly ten years here in the NT, and. Um, you know, and I and I keep doing it. And some days you you think like, well, why am I bothering? But you know, you, you know, you get the story, you see the the impact that it does have when it comes out. And as much yep. as you know, and pisses off the government because they this is what they didn't want. They wanted to suppress us because they wanted to suppress information getting out to people. <laughs> and when we can kind of stick that back in their face and know that they're all reading it that morning yep. and spitting out their cornflakes. And saying, yeah, yeah. you know, how did this ever get out here? Like, what this is doing to us and our reputation? Yeah. Have their crisis meetings? I mean, that's what you want to do as a journalist. That's what we try and do, and 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 know that the public's informed and that they know what's happening. That we've made the the powerful mm. a little less comfortable, and yep. uh, brought the power back to territorians, to the people who mm. elect them. Um, that's what I want to see. That's why I want to keep going with this. And I, I do know, and I just, my appeal too to people like, yeah, please support in any way you can. Um, you know, even if that's sharing stories, sometimes if that's anything that you can do, writing us a letter, um, yeah, just sharing stuff, talking about it, uh, any, anything helps, but definitely the money we're going to need to, we're going to need to keep going here. And, uh, I know how difficult that has been for the Pike family for us. So, um, yeah, just uh, all the support that we've had so far too has been amazing. So if people can can keep going with that and get a few more people involved, it would be great. It will help, and it would make a better territory overall. Final word, Owen. Um, yeah, please support if you can. Um, if you believe in what we're doing and and what we've done and what we've exposed, and um, yeah, yeah, please support if you can. If you can't support financially, then uh, share our stories. Um, don't. Don't screenshot them and send them to mates. Um, <laughs> yeah, make, make them that, make yeah. make them pay for it. So yeah. yeah, just yeah, just just be a territorian. Just be a territorian. Let let Labor be our mate in one and a half years' time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got tomorrow's headline for you, Chris, and that is uh, I've been workshopping in my head something along the lines of the front bar at the Buff Club to provide the Northern Territory's next powerhouse <laughs> political party. Don't exclude the, exclude the Palmerston Golf Club. That's where I'm from. Gents, <laughs> thanks for talking to me. And, uh, yeah, like they said, hopefully uh, people will get on board and support it. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks, Pete. We'll see you soon. That was Chris Walsh and Owen Pike from the NT Independent Online Newspaper. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Territory Story Podcast. You've been listening to the Territory Story Podcast. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. For more episodes, go to all your favorite podcasting platforms or head to territorystory.com.